Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. So let's catch up on some stuff. I feel like it's been a while since I've caught up on any news out there in the world. I did see uh, Orlando Bloom gave an interview the other day where he was talking about Carnival Row Season 2. They were only a few episodes away from wrapping when the pandemic hit, so uh, they have gone back to film, and according to him, Amazon is not going to hold up season two. They will release four or five episodes, and then that will allow them to complete the filming of season two and then release the remainder of season two um, shortly after they film. So I don't know if they've taken a break now because Orlando Bloom is an expectant father, Um that kid's got to be ready to come any day now, I would think. But So that's pretty exciting. Um, Handmaid's Tale looks to be back up and running again. Um, I've seen some pretty amazing uh, film production behind-the-scenes stuff. I, I saw something profiled the other day on Jurassic World, um, kind of what they do and how they're quarantined. Essentially, they're creating the bubble around the actors and the crew, and that is allowing them to continue to film uh, uninterrupted. And as of right now, things are going well. So hopefully these kind of things will be able to get that back up and running. Now the question then becomes, when these movies are completed, how will we see them? And will movie theaters be back open? Will people go to the theater once it is open? You know, I don't know. Um, kind of like we talked about previously, I, I kind of like being able to hang out at home to watch some of these movies, but I'm not paying $30 for it. So I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll have to see how the future goes, what's in store for the next few months, and um, and then we'll know more. So let's talk about the movie Pump Up the Volume. I actually had another... Uh, another thing come up recently with that movie again. So I was like, ah, we have to talk about it. Um, even though it does not look like a 90s flick, it is from 1990. Uh, this is with Christian Slater and Samantha Mathis. This was her first feature film. Uh, Christian and Samantha were actually dating at the time. And, um, you know, if you if you think about where we are today versus when this movie was filmed in 1990, he was the original podcaster. You know, he's using a, um, a long, ra- long range radio. Um, he's creating his own radio show. And essentially, that's what we're doing, right? I mean, it's, it's something that we are recording and sending out to the atmosphere. So as we've said before, if this is not a movie that you have seen. Now is the time to pause and come back later, but good luck finding it. Um, I I have found it on YouTube, of course, but and I own this movie, so I can watch it any old time I want, but uh, it is not available out there should you want to see it and haven't seen it yet. Um, you know, it kind of cracks me up as I was watching it again. Seth Green is in this movie, and I think... I think he was in everything from the 90s to the mid-2000s, like everything. Um, Even if it's just a bit part, 
you know, run on screen, does something, and you never see him again. But he's in everything. Um, you know, the, the whole premise is you've got this sh- super shy guy. His name is Mark. And he, he can't say a word to anybody, especially a girl. But he can't talk to people. Um, he's a new kid in a new town. He went from the East Coast to the middle of nowhere, a.k.a. Arizona, which could be the same thing, I suppose, if you're that age. And Hard Harry is his alter ego. That's his person that he becomes when he flips the switch. And I love it's something about radio that you just can't duplicate any other way. You know, when you flip that switch and you've got that hum, there's just something about that noise. Anyway, new kid, new town, a lot of your typical angsty, teeny stuff. Um, His dad is the new youngest school commissioner, and that, of course, sets everything up. Uh, Samantha Mathis, who I just adore. She is in a lot of my favorite movies from the 90s. Um, I think she's really a, a great actress. I think she has done a bunch of different things, and uh, it's been fun to watch her. I kind of miss seeing her in, in movies right now. But anyway, she plays Nora, um, works in the library during school. She keeps a little poster, uh, a little list of who she thinks this could be, who Hart Harry is, and a, a listing of all the details, the little things that she learns day to day um, about about him. So he sets up this radio and has a show. The show introduces songs that these kids have never heard. So he came from the East Coast where bands like the Beastie Boys were really big. And so he's playing these, um, uh, trying to figure out how to describe, really inappropriate for school type of songs. Um, You know, when I was in high school, I was listening to some of these songs, um, you know, and and others. It's the same type of thing. Like whatever you can think of for your age when you were in high school, if this band would have been prohibited or against the rules, that's who it is. And um, so he has this show, plays all these really interesting music choices. He makes noises to simulate um, masturbation. He, you know, the show is, the, the rule for his show is if you write in and enclose your phone number, he will call. And um, so the ones he seems to want to get a phone number so he can call, don't. And those that he seems more, I don't, wouldn't say reluctant because he called on some of them anyway. Um, and, you know, his one favorite line that he says is, you know, I can smell a lie like a fart in a car. Um, you know, it's just, it just kind of struck me as funny. But so when he ends his show, um, so be it is kind of the tagline. Um, that's where we start understanding that this is greater than, than him. So he, 
he has people write in to him and then he goes to the mailbox and checks the mail, you know, because we didn't have email back then for those of you of a different age. Um, I did not, I did not get my first email address until I went away to college in 1995. So um, this was pre-email. The internet was out, but it just didn't use it for much yet at that point. Um, so mainly kids are writing into him asking for advice. Think dear Abby for kids. Replies are guaranteed. And, you know, in the beginning, he, um, like, he has one listener that sends him letters in red, and he calls her the poetry lady, and she sends some, some um, interesting poems to him. Um, you know, he has, um, he has a kid that asks him if he should kill himself. And so, of course, he encloses the phone number and Hard Harry calls him and talks to him. And while they're talking through a few things, the kid hangs up on him. So the next day when Mark goes to school, he finds out that a kid, he doesn't know for sure, but we know uh, that a kid did commit suicide. And, um, you know, so then it starts looking like the FCC is going to come in and he's being being blamed for things that essentially he did not do or it it's not his fault um you know a couple of fun things about this movie we get to see cassette tapes uh record players wind up penises um teenage angst everywhere uh, kids all over are trying to figure out who he is um and also, they're trying to get the best signal. So they're driving around trying to find where the best signal is. Um, and, you know, they they talk in the cars amongst themselves like, yeah, he'll be on sometimes for um, five minutes or an hour. And then all of a sudden he just shuts off. And sometimes he comes back and sometimes he doesn't. And we being the audience get to see him have other things happening where he does need to turn it off. Maybe his parents are knocking at the door, and so he needs to quick cover everything up. Um, I just like some of those some of those scenes. Uh, the kids are all on their phones with one another and encouraging each other to listen. You've got to take a listen to this guy. And for people that can't listen to him live, there is someone recording the show, and then they're playing it at school. Again, not the best choice if you're trying to keep some of these things from prying eyes or from the adults, but, you know, kids will be kids. So, um, so there are a few, uh, a few events that, that happen. As we already talk about, there's a kid that calls in um, that commits suicide after writing into the show. Um, Mark's parents decide that they want him to see a shrink, um, and he says he can't talk to anyone yet. At night, when he turns on the radio, he's talking to all these different people. Um, he tells the kids to uh, to go crazy at one point, to nuke their problems. If they're folks that they think that they have an attitude, show them a real attitude. And they cut to uh, your typical super smart kid. Her name is Paige. She puts all of her awards and ribbons in the microwave and then sits down at the kitchen table to watch them. And of course, knowing what you know about metal and microwaves and how they don't mix, it explodes and it breaks her nose and all of these other things. Um, you know, people are calling into the police department. Um, he has a, 
a kid who's struggling with a sexuality calling into the show. And um, kids start using this show as a way to protest things going on in, in their lives, um, acting out. Um, you know, and we see something that doesn't really connect until the very end, but the principal rounds up students and uh, they'll be rounded up for various things. And Joey says, we're going to review the file. And um, what we find is that there are certain kids that she kicks out of school. And um, I don't know how all of this works in the real world, but essentially she gets credit for having a certain number of students. And then when they're not reaching a cer- certain academic level, she removes them. So that way, the only kids that are left at school are the high performers, which then g- gives her money or something. I'm not sure uh, exactly what it is that she gains there, but um, nobody catches on to her scheme. And, uh, and so that's all going on in the background. Uh, there's one teacher, Miss Kaiser, that um, Mark really likes. She's your good English teacher. I think we've all had at least one of those in our lives. And she gets fired. And at one point she says, you know, you don't rock the boat when you're in it, which is kind of an interesting and very deep comment, which is also true. Um, You know, you're putting yourself at risk if you rock that boat. And by her standing up, um, that was just too much. And so she, you know, she gets in trouble. Um, we see a lot of inappropriate behavior between one teacher uh, where he punches a student and, you know, they're really hauling in the troublemakers and they're f- getting physical with these kids. Um, we see the news start calling Mark a, a pirate DJ. And... So it just kind of starts spinning out of control. What started as just something simple where he um, was supposed to use this setup to talk to his friends back east becomes a movement. And it becomes something completely out of his own hands. The kids kind of take over. Um, And when it gets enough attention, the FCC comes in to investigate. And, you know, there's a smarmy government type that shows up who is the dad from the 80s version of Teen Wolf. Um, And, you know, he just thinks he's better than everybody else. And, um, you know, so when Mark goes on the air that night, he knows that if he goes on, they will, they will trace him, they will find him. So um, they decide him and him and Nora decide they're going to take it mobile. Um, And there's also a great scene where as they're trying to trace various elements of what he has set up, he has a cordless phone um, that the base is in a neighbor's shed. So when they start tracing things and they trace it to this phone number, they arrest that poor little old couple or they take them into custody. I don't think they arrest them, but they take them in and find that, oh, hey, look, you know, here we were going after you, but it's really the base for this cordless phone in your um, in your shed. And we know it's not you, but that handset could be anywhere within 
50 feet or something, which the neighborhood didn't look that spread out. They could have probably figured out who it was from that. But um, so they start, they start peeling away these different layers and protections that he has. So he has no choice now at this point if he wants to go on the air, um, but to create a mobile version. And uh, Samantha Math- Mathis's character drives the Jeep and they're flying around running from the FCC who's chasing them. We've got helicopters and they're driving in deserts and mountains and things. And they hit a bump and the device that was changing his voice knocks off. So now when he goes to record or when he goes to talk, it's him. And he decides at that moment, that's what I'm going to do. And um, he starts giving this really motivational, the, the last like 10 minutes of the movie, I think are really inspirational about, you know, basically finding your voice and, um, and use it. Um, you know, and he realizes something that Nora says to him. Uh, she says, you know, the voice that you've been searching for is yours. So this whole time you're looking for something magic and it's really within you. And um, I think that's a great, it's just a great metaphor for, you know, sometimes um, if you're looking for that something, um, if you look in the mirror, maybe it's you. And sometimes we need to step up and be that person or that voice for someone else. Um, so it's, it's very deep and, and I love the last 10 minutes of it. And especially at the end when after he's caught, because, you know, he's going to be, um, they, you know, they kind of fade to black and you hear all these different voices start their own radio shows and all the different topics in the world. And I thought how relevant for what we're doing today. I mean, during this pandemic, there's over 800,000 different podcasts recording. There's like 30 million episodes in out in the world right now. That's the exact same thing that's happening today. People are finding a voice. They're finding a topic and something to talk about and flipping the switch and talking. Um, and so I just think it's so relevant to what we have going on. So to wrap the movie up, essentially, what we find out is the, the principal's um, you know, a slime, and she, uh, she is judged essentially on academic scores. So she re- got rid of all the students that didn't have good academic academic scores, and that has made her look really good. So she's exposed uh, because Mark's dad is able to take care of that. Um, there was a girl that was removed from school because she was pregnant. She was forced to be allowed to come back and return, um, you know, and Mark found his voice. So just another great movie, um, not a really long one, but definitely a good one. So if you don't have a choice to find it anywhere else, definitely go on YouTube and, um, and look it up or find somebody that has it on, you know, VHS or something. And uh, in the 80s, this is how it was, man. You know, we recorded everything on cassette tapes, uh, it, even into high school. I remember um, I was still getting uh, cassettes. And, you know, when you're dating somebody, they create you a whole 
a whole list of songs and here's your song and my song and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so that was really big back in the 80s and 90s. And um, it's just a fun, feel-good movie. Uh, doesn't go too deep until the very end there. And overall, just a really good flick. Um, you know, the, the girl that plays... Oh, I'm trying to think. Um, so it's the girl that plays Paige. Uh, she was in a show called The Heights back in the day. Um, and The Heights, they recorded some songs, actually. They were actually talented um, musicians or, you know, at least together. And um, she uh, she can sing. And I know that there was a... There was a guy on there. I'm actually looking it up because now it's going to bug me if I don't have the answer. And so her name is Cheryl Pollock. And I don't think she's done much. Just taking a look at her, at her history, her filmography. Um, man, she hasn't done anything since 2002. But, um, so they all did little stints on like Melrose Place and stuff like that. But The Heights, um, it was only a series for, I think it was just one, one year. I loved this show. It was in 1992. And, um, they had a couple of, couple of songs. Um, uh, oh, what is it? How Do You Talk to an Angel? That was their big claim to fame, essentially, as, uh, just that one song. And um, in looking through her her bio, uh, she did do some of those some of those shows like Melrose Place and Jag and stuff, but um, onesie twosie episodes and then nothing again. Um, so Pump Up the Volume actually was released on August 22 of 1990. So we're almost right on track for their uh, for their anniversary, and I think maybe I'll have to release this on the anniversary because that would just be fitting. And um, I don't think I really have too much more to share about this one. It's it's just a good flick, and hopefully, hopefully you have a chance to watch it, and it's something that you enjoy like I did. But that's all for now. Take care. <laughs>